Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This premier independent fan experience podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and brings you honest and in-depth Montreal Canadiens discussion and entertainment. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudney are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 158, the post-game recap of game three of the Habs versus the Jets. I'm your host, Blaine Pudvay, and I'm joined now by my co-host, Treg Wilson. Hey, how's everyone going? And Matt Smith. Good evening. So, who the hell would have thought this was going to happen? The Canadians are holding a 3-0 stranglehold on a second-round series. When did we go through the uh, the armoire and enter Narnia? No idea. I'll take it, though. No kidding. Maybe that's where my lost sock is, but I will take it. Uh, you know what? Not It's not that they have a strangle. It's that they've made every game look easy. Like, they've yeah. pretty much controlled every game. Yeah, even the one nothing win. Like, it was, you know, it was a shorthanded goal that, uh, yeah. that won the game, but it was, you know, keep them to the outside and no real high danger chances, and they pick up a win. Even the Same first game, game. Yeah. it was 5-3, but, I mean, they never really – it was 3-1 till, you know, every time Winnipeg got close, they just – oh, well, oh, it's 4-2 now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. now yeah. it's 4-3. Oh, 5-3, and then – but uh, Montreal's just – hey, I'm eating crow when it comes to Dom Ducharme. I think Ducharme's coaching a hell of a playoffs. He has definitely stepped games. his game up in the last yeah. six games. So – and Eric Gustafson – when he's in the lineup, the Habs are undefeated. When Eric Gustafson's in the lineup, undefeated in the playoffs because the they playoffs. did lose with him in the regular yes. season. Yes, that's that's what I'm talking. About. That's what yeah. we're talking about here, Blake. Yeah, the playoffs. <laughs> playoffs. Yeah. It's a whole other playoffs. animal. It's a whole other animal, and so is Eric Gustafson in the playoffs. <laughs> Eric Gustafson, Habs legend. Yeah. If he doesn't win the Con Smythe, then I don't know. If not, they'll put a statue or something in front of them, you know, in front of in front <laughs> hey, of the Bell Center. Hey, this isn't Toronto. 
Toronto's still gonna waiting. Go at, Toronto's gonna go after him in the offseason. You wait. Uh, I'm still waiting for that Kawhi Leonard statue in front of the uh, ACC. <laughs> It'll happen. He really should put one up though. Yeah. <laughs> With the only only reason they won, and they'll never win another one again. That's true. <laughs> but if they do put up a Kawhi Leonard statue, they need a little button that you can push so you can hear his laugh. Oh, 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 yeah. oh. <laughs> that sure. would be worth it. It would be. Little motion we, sensor, you get too close to it, it just does the laugh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you can mock him, uh, you can mock his laugh all you want, but uh, dude's got the jewelry to uh, plug true. his ears. It's very true. But back to hockey and the Canadians. So, game three, the uh, we talked about this in our last episode. I expected the Jets to provide a massive pushback, and I pointed out, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois as someone that had to step their game up. And for maybe three shifts total, he did. And the rest of the game, he was he was a non-factor, except near the end when he lost his mind, stole Price's stick, cross-checks Kulak in, uh, in the back, and then gets thrown in the box. Like yeah, That's very undisciplined. And, they, and, they, and that's how it was towards the end of the game. And you got to think, like this is a team that was down – in the uh, in the Edmonton game, from one of the Edmonton games, and quickly came back, boom, 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 three quick goals, and ended up winning that game. Yeah. And so this is a team that can score and they can put the puck in the net, and they took two pretty stupid penalties towards the end of the game in the, like the final ten minutes, and that was really you know the nail in the coffin right there. Well, Pullman also did something dumb that wasn't called. He had the puck with an empty net. And then instead of making a pass or moving it up ice, he waited for Suzuki to come near him. And then he just let go of the puck and tried to throw a hit on Suzuki. Yeah. Completely undisciplined. They've lost their, they lost the bubble. The Canadians are in their heads in this game. Absolutely. So I'll just acknowledge uh, before the game, the Canadians um, uh, opening ceremony. It was, it was quite the moment. It, it really was um, with the Canadians um, having an open ceremony and a moment of silence for the uh, 215 Indigenous uh, children that were recently uh, discovered deceased, obviously, of the uh, at the um, Kamloops Indigenous Reg- uh, Residential School. Um, so obviously our thoughts are with them and their families. Um, they also took the shoes, which I thought was which was pretty uh, symbolic, put them up in the club level. So 215 pairs of shoes from their, uh, their recent drive. Um, and we also saw that uh, we had some Habs royalty in attendance with uh, Guy Lafleur, Ray Jean Wool, and um, Ivan Cornway. That's 20 Stanley Cups watching you play. Yeah. It's no wonder the Canadians stepped up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> they didn't just step up. I thought they dominated that entire game. Yeah, I think this they completely dominated. Might have been their best game of the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I, I, um, Price was on point as he usually is. Uh, this is the first time since 1993 they've had a three nothing lead in the second round in a series. Yeah. Uh, the last one was against Buffalo. They ended up sweeping it, and I believe almost every game went to overtime. If I'm not mistaken, against Buffalo, yeah, I think if I remember yeah. correctly, three of the four went four to overtime. Went, yeah, and they were like four three, four three, four three, four three, or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, weird. Um, they're outscoring uh, Winnipeg eleven to four in uh, in the three games. 
Um, yeah, and it, I mean, we always talked about this is going to be a heli buck versus price. Well, right now, uh, heli bucks allowed nine goals and price is allowed four. So, uh, in three games. So, price now, is to uh, be fair to, uh, to heli buck, to be fair, to be fair, heli buck is not the issue. No, he is done. No, no, no. So he's, he's made some big. He's made some big saves. Yeah, he's made and, some big saves. And I'm not saying he is. He is the issue. I mean, in both the last two games, like in the one nothing, that game could have easily been five nothing if it wasn't for Hellybuck. Yeah. And this game, uh, there was a stat that came on uh, at some time in the third period. I think it was Montreal has had 18 uh, odd man rushes in this series for up to that point in that game. I don't know if that came out in the f- second or the third, but I thought that was an astounding stat. Like it's, yeah. Seriously, I mean, too bad most of them parry and stall, and you know they still they, though that that they have line a breakaway from the red line. It turns onto a, a three on two for the Jets. But but, uh, but regardless, regardless of who it is, it's it's yeah. still it's still it's still a stat, and you know, let's segue over to that line and how well they've been playing. That line has been the well the Achilles heel of Winnipeg. Not only has it been playing well, but Perry's getting in everybody's head, yeah. especially Hellybuck. Yeah. And like, uh, I, oh, yeah. I know, and like, I know both of Armia's goals were scored shorthanded. Um, but you know, just from that line tonight, you got a three point night for, for Armia with two shorthanded goals and assist um, on this uh, for, with Saul and a goal for Perry. So the Greybeard line, the veteran line, whatever the hell you want to call it, the over 80 line, whatever, whatever you want to call it, they are, stepping up when it matters most and these are guys that were supposed to be except for armia were supposed to be really fillers in the lineup and um when push they comes to shove are. well but when push comes to shove when the, when when it's when it's time to play like these guys are stepping up and you've got a guy like tatar sitting in the press box well they kind of are the filler they're the fourth line their their role is to go in and play heavy yep. their role is to set up a cycle keep the puck in the offensive zone and wear down Winnipeg's defense. And they're doing that. They're also going above and beyond by providing all that extra offense, which is paying off massively for the Canadians right now. Uh, I know there was a lot of talk about stall and how he's been playing and how he was playing going into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, is he going to be in the lineup, et cetera? But you know what? The guy is playing hard when it matters most. That line is the only line on the halves that's really getting a uh, a cycle in, a really getting yeah. a, a long, uh, good cycle in. Every, I mean, not that the other lines are playing bad. I'm just saying when they get it in, they're in that zone for a good minute and a half, just right. passing the puck around, getting yeah. the cycle going, trying to get a scoring chance. No yeah. other line, the top three lines are doing that. Yeah, everyone else zone, is everyone else is off the rush or off or the out, rush or, right or, or trying to bang it in in, in front yeah. of the crease, like yeah. the uh, Lekkonen goal. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But like you said, that's what the fourth line's there for. The fourth line's out there to eat up minutes, to keep it in the zone, eat up the minutes, play the big body, and and uh, get the uh, Winnipeg Jets off their game. Now Suzuki's line, I'm I was impressed by their play tonight as well. That line has stepped up its physicality. Uh, They're winning their board battles. They're not backing down from people, even like uh, Logan Logan Stanley. Uh, Suzuki made a couple of plays where he he attacked the, uh, the defender with the puck, caught it loose, made sure that it got to his winger. He went to the net. He paid a price getting there. Nothing came of it, but they've 
they've continuously done that throughout the uh, throughout this game. And that power play goal was a thing of beauty that uh, Caulfield picking it up down low behind the goal line, taking that step out and then threading a perfect hard pass right onto Suzuki's stick. I, I don't even think Suzuki moved a stick. I think he just let no. it, he just let it deflect off his stick. And in the net, it was such a hard crisp he, pass. He just angled his, he angled his blade a little bit to put some, uh, put some height on it. Tap, and that's basically a tap in goal. Yeah. Suzuki, if Suzuki's line was great. Caulfield tonight, I was really impressed with his level of play. He was, he was juking and jiving and creating space and taking shots, making great plays, passing plays, opening up passing lanes. He is, uh, he's played well on defense. I know there's a lot of concern about the, uh, he's not scoring yet. He's not scoring yet, but he's creating so many scoring chances that I'm not concerned. The goals will come. Yeah. And he even acknowledged that he needs to shoot more. And it was definitely brought up that he needs to shoot more. And I think that more stems off of that uh, shorthanded goal that was scored against on the Gustafson turnover. But, uh, you know, five shots in the last game. He had six tonight. He had an assist. His, you know, his name's still on the score sheet. And they said the goals will come in time. And when it does, it's going to be phenomenal. I think it's going to be like Toffoli. Once Toffoli scored, the floodgates kind of opened for him. Now he's yeah. got a five-point scoring. I think Caulfield's going to be the same way. And he had some good looks. A, lot, a couple of shots went off a defenseman's stick. And uh, and uh, you're shooting against Hellybuck. Hellybuck's one of the best goalies in the league. So yep. And Hellybuck on a couple of them had – he was looking for that hole under his arm or that uh, whatever. Uh, I think he should start – and I think everyone should start putting the puck more on the ice with Hellybuck. I find they were going high a lot. Um, but – Hey, I'm not worried about Caulfield whatsoever. Yeah, I'm not too concerned with them, uh, how they're shooting on, uh, where they're shooting on Hellebuck. Things are working out pretty well offensively at the moment. So I'm not going to be overly concerned. The one concern I do have, however, is Jeff Petrie. Uh, Watching him jam his hand in that uh, that opening in the plexiglass. Um, I'm I'm worried that maybe he's got a broken finger, broken hand, something. Because he he had to let, leave the game after the second, and without him in the lineup, the defense is starting to look loss. a little bit different. That's a huge loss. Yeah. However, we talked about this a little bit off air. Um, if he's not good to go, or if well, he left the he left after the second. Well, let yes, we, yeah. we agree. It's well. <laughs> would you guys would you guys put would you guys put Romanov in if they if 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 he decides to uh, maybe set this one out with a three nothing series lead. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I don't think I'd put him. No, I would. I'd put him in and he could play on the second line with Sherratt uh, or, or Sherratt moves up with Weber, Evanson with Romanov. I have no issue with that. Or, or Romanov and Sherratt or Kulak and Evanson with Sherratt yeah. and Gustafson. Or sorry, Romanov and Gustafson. So essentially, you just shuffle the deck of cards. Whatever pairings you get, you get. <laughs> well, you'll see Sherratt with Weber, and then you'll probably see Evanson and Kulak with Romanov and Gustafson as the third pairing. That's what I think you'll see. Yeah, yeah. Or <clears throat> based on what's been going on, he'll probably throw in Wadette. Who knows? Hey, you know what? Olette didn't have a bad playoffs last season. Oh. No, he didn't. He led the team in block shots. Wasn't a minus player. No, he was more. Honestly, he was more. He was more noticeable, and he was a better defenseman than Mete was. So I'm not saying anything about Mete. I don't want the Tiger team <laughs> coming after me. Mete is the greatest Montreal Canadian defenseman that ever played. 
waivers. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I would definitely put in. I would definitely put Romanov in if, and and rest Petrie. But who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Maybe maybe his hand or finger isn't broken. They were just yep. doing it because. Yeah, it's precautionary. Yeah. They had a lead. They're, you know, they figured, okay, well, we might be up three nothing. Let's just play with five D. See what yeah. happens. Yeah. And if it's just a pinky or something like that, he can play with a he can play with a broken pinky. It does make a difference, though, with your passes and sure, your shots. But just look at yeah. just look at Weber's shot. He was if, missing the net constantly. If Thomas Sandstrom can play with a broken leg in the nineteen ninety three Stanley Cup Finals, Jeff Petrie can play with a pink broken pinky in the second round. I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying if he does, there will be an impact. Sure. But sure. So we've talked a little bit about forwards. We've talked about Petrie, Carey Price again tonight. If it wouldn't have been for a high stick to Byron and a high hit that, in my opinion, should have been called, especially since he was cut. Okay, Homer. Um, you know, you never know. Price could have come out of this one with a shot with another shot out. Maybe. Hey, yeah. I mean, I think there was a comedy of errors there. There was the penalty that wasn't called. Kulak left his man. Anderson didn't cover the man that Kulak left. But but blah, like, blah, even blah, that blah. even yeah, that yeah, call yeah. even that call or that non call that would have been interesting because it wasn't the high hit that led to that led to uh, the cut and it wasn't a follow through because there wasn't there what the puck wasn't close to them. It was like a hit, and then his stick came down and hit him. So even if the cut was there, his helmet had already come off. Would that have still been a four-minute penalty? Like you know what I mean? Uh, anytime you draw it's a kind of gray area. stick, it's a four-minute penalty. Yeah, but it's kind of gr- but it's kind of gray area because it would have hit his helmet. It's a still a high stick. Yeah. I agree. I agree that you know a high stick is a high stick. Yeah. But they didn't call it, and nope. it ended up being a perfect pass from Perot yeah. for Lowry to tap that sucker right in. Yeah. It was a perfect pass with a great shot yeah. and it took a perfect play to beat Carey Price. That's right. And what I was happy about is the Canadians didn't be like, oh, they, they didn't just fall back and they're like, oh, we got scoring on. Yeah. You know, what was me? You know, we just going to sit back and play defense the rest of the game. But they haven't done that since uh, game six in the Toronto series. Nope. So I found they, 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 you know, uh, they fought. They fought. I found in last night's game or the other night, the other game, the one nothing win. I found they got the lead. and They kind of, all right, we have the lead now. Let's, you know, but they did it well because they yeah. clogged everything up. They didn't let them pass the neutral zone like we talked about. And I found this game they did the same thing, but they did attack more. I found they did keep their foot on the gas and they did try to attack more instead of staying staying back so much. Um, yeah, they were getting a lot of bodies towards the net. Just look at Lekkinen's goal. Three yeah. bodies within yeah. two feet of Hellebuck. Yeah. And and it's like they were saying, I think it was Craig Simpson said, this is the kind of goals that Winnipeg wants to be scoring on Carey Price because you're not going to score, yeah. uh, especially with them, again, second game in the row where it's like Moses parting the sea in front of Price for every shot. Yeah. Uh, Evanson, Sherrod, Weber, Petrie, until they got hurt, were just like, yeah. oh, you're going to go to the front of that? No, you're not. Yeah. And the thing <laughs> no, is, it's, not. It's, it's, it's not like it's not like – they like it, it. It showed a few times when you've got Deneau in front of it, or Lekkinen, or Gallagher, and or any of these players. These aren't overly big players. You got the Jets, where you've got guys like um, like Cop Lowry. You've got um, 
Blake Wheeler. Like these aren't slouches mm-hmm. and they're easily being able to push them out of the way. And when price can see a puck, it's going to usually stop it. I, I find that with Gallagher, a guy like Gallagher is he, he kind of uses his size to his advantage in front of the net because he gets down low, yeah. which makes he's, it harder for yeah. that big defenseman to move him because he's basically pushing down on him and not pushing away on him. That's right. Whereas cop and them, they're just standing there. And Weber and Sherrod are just like, all right, yeah, I'm just going to move you. Yeah. And they're not – I don't find Winnipeg's really fighting back in front of the net. They're not fighting for no. their position. No. And that's no, what's making not. it easy for no. the Canadians to push them out. Yeah, they, look very, they look very disorganized. It's really – it's a one and out. We saw uh, Ehlers uh, hit a crossbar tonight. We saw um, Wheeler who – you know what? He faked out Price, and that was a hell of a fake. But again, off the crossbar. He thought he scored. And he, the, yeah, the thought crossbar he scored, faked yeah. him out. <laughs> yeah. The crossbar faked yeah. him out. Hey, you got a goal. And the referee's like, yeah, think again, bro. Right. But it's really for the Jets, it's really a one and out. And there weren't a lot of scrums until the third period. When the, well, uh, the Jets lost the ball. When they really got unhinged. Yeah. Jets pulled a Mark Shifley and lost their edge and uh, got frustrated. And I don't say that as a joke. That's exactly what happened to Shifley in game one. Uh, Dubois. Uh, I think Dubois, from what I've seen in tonight's game, you said he had two or three shifts. I don't remember those shifts, to be honest with you. They were early. They were early. Uh, Because I don't remember until he cross-checked Byron in the back. I don't remember hearing Dubois' name. But but like this is not the Dubois that we saw, say, in the Leafs series, where he was – yeah, when he was just just motoring and like yeah. using his body and, and getting shots on goal and everything, like he was honestly he was pretty invisible tonight. And and even though Statsny was back tonight, he was pretty invisible too. Like the only I, the only guys that were really say dangerous tonight on the offensive side were Ehlers and Wheeler. I well, thought all the Jets Lowry was pretty dangerous tonight. Yeah, I, I mean for the most part, uh, Ehlers, Lowry, but the remainder of the lineup. I mean, Hellebuck as well, but the remainder of the lineup, uh, they've, it seems like they've just kind of quit or given up. They, they don't have that, that edge to their game that they had in the first round. They don't have the confidence in their game that they had in the first round. The Canadians and probably Carey Price have gotten into their heads. Uh, Corey Perry chirping them nonstop. Uh, it happened again where Perot missed the start of a faceoff because of Perry. Yeah. So yeah. The, the Canadians are, they've got, they've gotten Winnipeg off balance and Winnipeg hasn't been able to find its way to get that foot back down on the floor to get their balance back. Uh, and the Canadians are just, they're keeping them just slightly off balance, just enough to keep their heads out of the game while, while the Canadians kind of just walk through these first three games. Yeah. And I know plus minus isn't everything. But I just took a really quick look at the stats. Obviously, uh, Dubois was in the in the box once. Um, he was a minus one tonight, and Wheeler and Connor both minus four each. Their power play should be a minus two as well. Yeah, well, good honor, good honor. Yeah, that's probably why they're minus because yeah. they're uh, because of the, uh, the shorthanded uh, goal. Shorthanded goal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dubois last year with Columbus was a point per game player in the playoffs. He had ten yeah. points in ten games. And yeah, he only has three in six games this this so he far. He's a playoffs. penalty minute per game player. Yeah. 
Well, he'll be one. three and seven games in the, yeah. after after this. But uh, no, it, it's I, it's pretty obvious the Canadians are out, outclassing them on on the ice. It, it, I know I know that other outside of this division, outside of the Canadians and Winnipeg uh, media, people are looking in saying this is the worst series in the, of the bunch, and whatever. This it's happening, and. The, these Jets eliminated the Oilers in four straight, and now they're down 0-3 to the Canadians. It's not the same hockey team. I nope. can't, I can't accept that this is the same team that swept the Oilers. No, and you can't just say that it's because Shifley's out. No, right? One player goes down. Like, yeah, Shifley is a hell of a hockey player, and you know he's their number one center. However, they do have depth. They they they've shown it in the past. They, they've got they've got depth. They play hard. You know, there's there's you know losing losing to Mello definitely didn't help them. Well, they lost to Mello. That Stassi didn't play the first two games, and I still think Stassi's hurt. To be honest, oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. They lost to Mello. Their defense yep. is already. I think that was the big surprise about beating Edmonton because Edmonton had Drysital and uh mcdavid and mcdavid darnell nurse etc et et nurse etc yeah. etc et tyson berry and you look at them guys and you're like well there's no way that this weak defense is going to keep these guys in check and really if you think about it all the two all the odd man rushes they're giving montreal how did edmonton not yeah. get those with the speed like, they have yeah. like don't get me wrong i never watched a lot of the edmonton winnipeg series if i'm being honest but man like yeah. I did watch. I did watch quite a bit of it. I watched three full games of the four, and I watched parts of the fourth one. Like when the uh, the Jets were down four one, I watched from that point on. I got to watch that comeback. The Jets, I, I don't know. They they just had their, their defense. The gaps between the four to the D were tighter in that series. In this one, there's wider gaps, and the Canadians are taking advantage of that by putting pucks into that little in that soft zone in between and picking up speed as they go. And they're not attacking in straight lines. They're attacking going in east west versus north south. That's throwing off their defensive uh, their defensive coverage. They they can't keep their tight gap because they're not playing man to man. They're playing zone defense, which is really odd because most most teams do man to man. You you switch to a man zone style defense in your own zone but outside of that it's usually just man to man but they're not doing that so th- this east west thing is throwing off their defensive coverage the jets have not adjusted to anything the canadians no have they haven't they're playing the exact same game they played in game one as they are in game three and it's not working then it wasn't working and the habs are uh benefit- benefiting because of it yeah, and the Canadians have got a winning formula right now against the Jets, and why change that? Do the Jets go with Brossat tomorrow to see if they could shake things up? Oh, God, no. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but do the Canadians play Price? Do they put Allen in yes. this? I would say yes, yeah. Play yeah. Price. It's the playoffs. Play Price. Get the series over with. Yep. It's got to be asked. Obviously, they're going to go with Price. But yep. it's got to be what? asked. You know, we, we, we talked about Allen a lot this year. You know, hats off to him for getting them to where they are. He he carried the load through. He he really did to get them where the they are, and good for him. But he's the backup. That's very true. But like I said, yeah. good for him for getting yeah. them to the playoffs. 
Oh, ob- yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. But he is the backup, and yeah. Price is a starter, and right. you don't. Then with how he's switch. playing, don't shut him down. Even I wonder if how many people out there want Price to uh, uh, void his no move clause now. <laughs> <laughs> Seattle, Seattle does. <laughs> I'm, I'm but uh, uh, you saw Eddie Lack's tweet, didn't you? <laughs> I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's not wrong, but. Um, I'm wondering if Tatar gets in and maybe Perry or Stahl get a rest. That, that's what I'm wondering. Like, do they do they take uh, maybe up three games? Does Tatar get in and someone get a rest, or do personally I stay the exact same yeah. lineup? Yeah. Romanoff comes in if Petrie's out. Yeah. Uh, or Everything, maybe yeah, it depends on how they're feeling the next like tomorrow morning. How are, yeah. like as we record, it's immediately after the game. So how do these guys feel? the following day yeah. before the game. Do they feel a little sore? If a couple of them are, then yeah, switch them out. You want to, you want to end the series at home. You want to get it done. So you get, you give the, the couple of guys, you let them sit, you bring in some fresh legs. Yeah. You got to think how yeah. loud that arena is going to be. Oh, it, three that place was up, nuts in this up game. three and oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. singing Olay for the last five freaking minutes. Yeah. Does not it does not seem like there's only twenty five hundred people there? That's for sure. Twenty five hundred will seem like twenty five thousand. I swear to God. I love I, God. I love that the Canadians tweeted that. Time. <laughs> yes, I swear to God. love it. <laughs> Thomas Tatar. <laughs> Thomas Tatar will make twenty five hundred sound like twenty five thousand. I swear to God. <laughs> those those Legends. guys need to come together. Oh yeah, be like a mashup. <laughs> Actually, it's the same guy. He just has a pandemic. He couldn't get a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so the Canadians hold that three nothing lead. They play again t- uh, tomorrow, as we record. It's still June sixth. Uh, <clears throat> game four tomorrow at the Bell Center. There's going to be some brooms in the building. I think it's oh. over tomorrow. I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'm gonna. The way the Jets are playing, they there's there's they don't have anything. They gotta if they don't show up and show show the Canadians some pushback, which they have not shown whatsoever so far this this series. They're done. They haven't shown any any desire to win. No killer instinct. Mm-hmm. No, they've been completely and utterly just the Canadians have just been a wet blanket on top of them. Well, the reason they don't have the killer instinct is because in their little sign, they kill second and they don't attack yeah. until after they kill. So yeah, they're trying to figure out how to kill them before they put their attack on. That's, that's the problem. So if anyone's wondering, it's they're, the, the Winnipeg Jets have their sign that says hunt, kill, attack. And if anybody has ever done any hunting or served at all in the military, you don't kill before you attack. Because yeah. if you do, if you hunt and then kill, what's the point of attacking? That is the dumbest the sign. I, it's the dumbest sign I've ever seen. So they're still trying to figure out the kill. They've done the hunt. Now they're just trying to figure out the kill because they're like, well, we can't attack until we kill. <laughs> but but we can't kill unless we attack. Oh they, my god! They're all confused. That's why you see them in front of a you see them in front of a whiteboard or something and just making markers and there's like. That's why Shifley had the crazy eyes in game one. He goes, I don't know how to do this. Yeah, so he just went right to kill. It's just that gif of the, um, the Rain Man doing numbers in front of him. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Unreal. Yeah. Uh, but it is. So yeah, unless unless the Jets show up and actually actually provide a meaningful pushback with a with a motivated team with a game plan. I it well this yeah, that that's gonna be it. I mean, I don't I don't get me wrong, I won't be surprised if the Jets win. Like they're gonna be backs against the wall. It's ball, you know, balls yeah, to the exactly. wall. They gotta go do it. I won't be surprised. Uh, just from what I've seen the last three games, though, do they have it in it? Do, do they want to? It doesn't look tonight. As soon as they went down one nothing, it didn't look like they were interested in playing that game anymore. No, but the the Canadians, holy cow! As soon as they just they got a swagger to them right now. Yeah, they're just it's not. It's not really cocky. They're just like no. They're having okay. fun. So sure they're, they're, they're having fun, and it's yeah. and it's all the way it's all the way up and down the lineup. From right. the net out, they yeah. have a quiet confidence. They have a sh- yeah. they're they're sure of themselves. Yeah. They they walk into a game, not not saying hey how do we win, but yeah. hey we're gonna win. Yeah. And and this goes back to those veterans, Perry and Stall, because from what I'm reading on all the tweets and all that stuff from the reporters and that, Perry and Stall are very vocal on that bench. They're very motivational. They're very, you know, someone messes up, they're very, hey, hey, let's get back at it next time, get it out of your mind. And I love that they took that hit from game one and put a pin in it, put it away, yeah. we're done. We're, as Shea Weber said, we're done with the hit. We're concentrating on the game, and that's exactly what they're doing. And I that's love right. that. I love that yep. about the team. Yep. That shows leadership. Everyone said this team lacked leadership in the regular season. No, it didn't. You just didn't see it. So, and now you're seeing it. So I think that pretty much does it for the post game. And I'm going to go to final thoughts. So Matt, do you have any final thoughts? So not about the game. However, have to bring this up because I brought it up in our preview show about Team Canada. Third period rally, Adam Henrique scores on the power play, and Nick Paul, assisted by Connor Brown, two Ottawa Senators, they uh, they combine for a three-on-three goal to win the gold for Canada. First team ever to win the gold medal tr- when they lost their first three games. So, um, good on Canada. Congratulations to Team Canada. Um, Gerard Gallant, I'm sure his phone is blowing up now for uh, possible coaching offers. Good on, <laughs> Good on him. Good on him. And Roberto Lolongo as well, the uh, the GM of this team. Uh, good on you. Uh, go yeah. Canada. And so to the rest of the hockey world, Canada says, sorry. <laughs> we won. Yeah. Treg, how about you? Uh, don't forget to use our uh, little codes on Filter 20 for Built Bar, 10% off. Uh uh, what do you call it? That other one. Just a minute. Um, East Coast Lifestyle, 20% off. Uh, and uh, Seat Giant. If you're buying your tickets for tomorrow's night game, use Seat Giant to get 30 or is that what it is? Seat Giant? 35% off the fees. 35% off the fees for the tickets. There you go. You can tell who does the hustling for the sponsors. <laughs> Not this guy. <laughs> Uh, so sponsors if you're out there you can pretty much make Treg do anything <laughs> yeah anything. well almost anything except wear pants anything. I won't wear <laughs> pants no. and for myself um, 
My final thought is I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you for, for interacting with us throughout the games, uh, throughout the day, as we interacting with you guys on social media and having you guys listen to us. It's, it's a special, it's, we feel special that you allow us into your lives. So thank you for listening. And remember if you were talking about it, so are we. and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.